everyone, if you are a learning designer and you have accessed this video or podcast, you are in the right place because you are going to up-level through the conversation that we have. In these episodes, we talk about what we are learning as learning designers and ask each other questions so that we can get better at what we do. So we hope that you can as well through joining in with us. If you want to take your instructional design skills or learning development skills to the next level, you can check out our advanced training on our Creator Hub. So check it out in the description below. But we are going to start this episode. So we've got Kim here, Victoria and myself, Hannah. And before we get into the questions, we always have like a question at the beginning. And I wanted to find out from both of you just to help people watching how to design better learning. What is your pet peeve as a learner? I think mine would be if I am confused about how like the tool works. Like if I find the tool confusing or I don't know where to click or I don't know, there's like pop-ups or annoying things like that. Navigation issues. That's what mm. else Is there any learning, Hannah? Any learning, yeah. Any pet peeve you have when you're learning something where you're like when they don't oh, get to the point in like one word. <laughs> Good one. So concise, keeping it concise. Need mm. to know only. Yeah. Not nice to that. know info. Mm. Love that. I would probably um, to that too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think mine would be like no entertainment whatsoever. <laughs> like if it's like really dry and and entertainment doesn't have to be like a joke or something, but it could just be like adding visual elements or something that makes it look nice and exciting. Um, because to me, if I'm just like reading text, I'm like, this is boring. I'm over it. Unless the copy is like entertaining and like written in a cool way. <laughs> I know Vic and I are like, get the fuck out. Yeah. Well, like maybe that depends on what you're learning. Cause I feel like if I would need to know, like if I'm trying to get like in the moment help, I'm like, just like, I want direct copy. Like give me one sentence that tells me. Actually, like, yes. <laughs> that's a good point if it's something I need like in the moment automatically then yes but if I'm learning because like I want to go on a journey of like learning about advertising or learning about like how to speak in front of people like I need to be engaged and entertained or I'm going to get bored and not do it mm -hmm. but you're right if it's like I'm working in Adobe Premiere and I'm like how do I do this one thing I'm happy yeah. for it to be like quick yeah. and dry that's what and I straight away yeah. you talk like some of the YouTube yes stuff. yeah yeah it's like 10 minutes pages yeah. <laughs> I'm like clicking through like get to the fucking point <laughs> yeah so it probably depends on the context that's a good one nice that's like oh, I was doing uh it's like mixed mixed alignment or something because I went to do I'm gonna expose the fucking podcast now but the podcast is called 12 minute meditation scrolling down I'm like there is no 12 minute ones here one was 39 minutes and I was <laughs> like okay so, but it was like a topic that I wanted to do it on. But then you have to listen to them like talk and explain it. And I'm like, I'm here for a 12 minute 
like meditation and there's no way to like seek through to get to the meditation I was like fucking now I'm not happy am I I'm not calm <laughs> it reminds me of um, recipes too if you've looked on like online for recipes yeah. it's like this whole blog of like well my grandfather worked on a farm <laughs> and then like you scroll I have to scroll all the way down to be like what's what's even in this to start with yeah <laughs> What are the three ingredients in my three ingredients? Yeah. <laughs> like, at, like at the shops trying to buy the stuff. I'm like, what am I like? Is there any yeah. recipe on here? It's very frustrating. So I want to know then, how do we know whether what we're training on is something that requires a bit of entertainment or just needs to be like to the point? <laughs> I think it comes back to like the context of like, is it something they're going to want to use in the moment or is it? Are they going to have, I don't know, half a day set aside to, like, learn this new topic or something? Mm. Or is it, like, do they, is it something they're going to need to, like, pick up on and off throughout their job to, like, help them with specific steps or something? Yeah. Which I feel like we do, like, it's, like, does it go in the e-learning or is it, like, a resource or is it a poster? Like, yeah, how we make that decision would be the same thing. Yeah, and, like, the change <laughs> process as well. Like, is it an awareness piece where we need to capture their attention and get them to think differently? And the way we do that is doing something a bit entertaining or out there. Mm. Or is it, like, this is the process that you have to take so it's less, like, I don't know, like, bells and whistles on it and all of that. It's just, like, mm. the process. I think that you use the word Hannah and it was entertainment and it sounds like like just being aware of some of the things that you're learning at the moment you're learning but you're also looking for entertainment and that's mm. kind of the state that you're in and like we have done solutions in the past where literally the campaign behind the scenes the whole philosophy was to educate through entertainment and the mm. reason that we did that was so that people didn't feel like they were learning and so we made, mm. we didn't want, we wanted the messages in there, but we wanted it to feel like they were watching a TV show that they would regularly watch at home every night of the week. So we were coming in mm. from that perspective. Um, so I don't know if people are necessarily choosing that, uh, like, like the, the fun or the entertainment or whatever it is, unless they are choosing to be entertained. But for mm. educate, I think it's where is that balance on a spectrum between I'm choosing yeah. here to be educated, such as I've got to edit something in a program right now and there's a 23-minute tutorial or there's a three-minute tutorial where I'm probably likely to click on, well, Vic and I are probably likely to click on the three-minute yeah, one. Yeah, Yeah. So, yeah, I think there's something to explore in there. What What mode or what are people seeking? Why are they motivated to interact with our thing mm. and we're on that spectrum of education to entertainment are we facilitating that learning to happen within mm. when you're saying that it made me think like potentially in the so we interview our users and find out a bit more about them before we start a project and I wonder if like their level of motivation could impact whether we go entertainment or to the point because if they're like I do not want to do like I don't care about doing that process 
then maybe like you engage them in a way where they don't realize they're doing the process, but it's entertaining and they see like the value through that. But if they're like, nah, I'm ready, get me straight into it. For example, like I just need to do this thing on Premiere, take me there, then it's less entertainment and it's more like get it done. Mm. Mm, it's interesting. <laughs> and okay. episode's over. <laughs> <laughs> good chats, good chats. Um, all right. In terms of questions, I might go first this time. Um, Selfish, had... but okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> I never get to go first. So oh, I know. <laughs> um, Victoria and I went to a meetup this morning with Lindell Box. So I'll put the link to the mm. meetup in the description. It was really good. And one of the one of the questions that came up like really interested me and had me like thinking post the meetup. And I wanted to know from Victoria specifically, and I think you as well a little bit, Kim, but basically it's about introverts and extroverts. Okay. And someone had asked how like introverts, they were saying introverts are very good at listening, say in a workshop um, or a, uh, a group interview or something like that. They're good at listening and like, processing and collecting their thoughts and they have like a lot of value to share but what can you do to make them feel comfortable so they actually do share and they aren't like overtaken by like the extroverts in the room so I was just wondering like from Victoria's point of view because I know you probably are more of an introvert Victoria like what does make well, you feel that's a label right there <laughs> that's well, a <laughs> I'm so extroverted. I don't know how you realized. <laughs> no, I'm fine with that label. You can, you can label. <laughs> I was wondering, like, is there anything? Because I know you say like you hate being put on the spot. Like, for example, there was like everyone had to do an introduction in the meetup and talk about yourself, and you're like, <laughs> I absolutely hate doing that. And they were talking about how introverts don't like being put on the spot, and it made me think of you like not liking those situations. So I'm just wondering, like, is there anything that helps you to speak up? And you may have insights as well, Kim, in terms of, like, you are a bit of an introvert as well. I won't label you, but I feel like you're I like a bit like of <laughs> <laughs> um, But you, like, facilitate meetings with introverts as well. So yeah, I just wanted to know from both of you what your insights <laughs> are. Um, I don't know. I have on the spot. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you feeling right now Vic and how could this have been handled differently by Hannah I don't it is like hard because there are like you need to be put on the spot sometimes but like if I feel like I feel more comfortable sharing if I haven't been put on the spot like I've been given a bit of an idea beforehand of I don't know what I might have to like share or talk about or something like even for things as simple as in, like introducing yourself but as soon as she said that I was like oh god and I was like Kim did not, <laughs> Kim did not pre-warn me that this happened <laughs> and it's like such a little thing but it really gets to me <laughs> um, but I guess with things like that you just should always be prepared that you might have to introduce yourself in like <laughs> an online <laughs> cool thing like that um, but I actually I don't like I thought some of the ideas that they had in the um, webinar thing were good. Like they were mm -hmm. specifically for like when they're facilitating um, 
meetings, the I think it was Terry who had the question. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was she was like specifically talking about how introverts she can observe like that they've got really good listening skills and that they can summarize, um, mm-hmm. like summarize what was the points at the end. But she doesn't, she was looking at like pros and cons of like putting them on the spot at the end to be like, can you give a summary? Because like, I know you're, I know you've listened basically. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I did, like, I thought some of the ideas that were offered then were good. Like people were saying, um, let, like, give them a heads up beforehand that you're going to ask them for a summary at the end. And I like agree that that is useful because then you do sometimes listen from like a different perspective, if that makes mm. sense. Kind of how we talk about like if you're facilitating, you're not um, participating the same as like attendees would. Like yeah. you're looking at everything from like a different frame mm. of mind. Um, so I think that's useful is like giving them a heads up if there's something specific, like a specific role that they're going to have. Um, mm. And then the other thing I liked as well was someone suggested like give them give the introvert the option of how they want to share um so they said rather than just like putting them on the spot in the meeting and saying like can you verbally like summarize everything (laughs) right now it's like they could go away they could make a video to send to everyone they could do an email they could make a poster Mm. like they decide how they want to summarize and share it yeah i love that and I like that as well because it is like it can be hard. Even for extroverts, I think it can be hard to be put on the spot sometimes. Mm. Just if they do it doesn't mean they're going to do – like if they're happy and confident to do it doesn't mean they're going to do a good job of it just because yeah. they are yeah. on the spot. Um, so I liked that as well. But, yeah, I don't know how that would play out in some situations. Like I just feel like you are going to be put on the spot sometimes mm-hmm. and I don't fully know how you <laughs> – I know, like, we have talked about stuff like that as a team when I've said, like, I didn't, something was, like, holding me back from sharing stuff, but I definitely haven't, like, perfected <laughs> that. So. Mm. Yeah, I just, that's really good. Thank you. That was, like, a good recap of the meeting this morning too. Um, <laughs> Thanks for taking a few hours to just listen, <laughs> process, call it back. Yeah. <laughs> You literally did what I thought. Did you know this was coming? (laughs) I had a feeling. Yeah. I thought you'd ask me what I learned. Oh, really? Close, close. Um, What was I going to say? Yeah, I find it hard because, like, people say if there's someone not getting their word in because louder people are talking the whole time, like, you can be like, oh, for example, like, oh, Yibs, like, what do you think? But then, like, you're putting them on the spot. And that conversation mm-hmm. made me think, like, I probably, like, try to do that, but that's actually putting them on the spot and making them feel uncomfortable, and I don't want to do that either. But then yeah. you also don't want them to be, like, left out and not get a word in. Yeah. It is true. Maybe- I've had people do, like, call me out, like, specifically. And there's been mm-hmm. times where it, like, annoys me a little bit because I'm like, I would have said something if I had something to say. Like, Yeah. <laughs> don't, like, like, don't force me to say to something. That. But then, like, sometimes you do need someone to do that. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I think, it, I don't know, it's hard because it does stem from, like, where the, in what way they're introverted to because I feel like some of my issues, I try and be, like, super, super polite and it's, like, I don't want to ever accidentally start talking at the same time or, like, 
mm. cut someone off or like someone's about to say something or has a thought and like I say something and ruin it so like there's a bit of a, of that that holds me back mm. too and I'm like I don't I don't even know if that's an introvert thing or it's just like I'm just trying to be like so polite that I'm like oh, I'll wait for everyone else to go and then it's like it moves on yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Which is yeah, I've had that before. I had that happen. I think that happened today. I had something to say and then it was like moving on. I was like, damn yeah. it. Like, I don't have much silence to leave. Yeah. Because I have found that with the client workshops we've done where I'm supposed to be an equal participant, but there's like this bit of me that's like, oh, no, it's like Wait a little mine. It's their project. Like I'll just come in if they like run out of things and then it moves on and then I'm like, wow, I didn't contribute anything. But I just like <laughs> But well, we get do. great ideas, folks. So hi, Abel. <laughs> we just won't invite this. And if she's there, she has a secret purpose. <laughs> or like you wait too long and someone says what you were thinking and then like that throws me off because I'm like, oh, like I oh, just came up with that. Like there might be something else. <laughs> so look, it's a tricky balance. I don't know. What the... yeah. And like you guys have said, like you give me permission to talk and say things and speak before the client and whatever but I'm still like it's so deeply embedded so disobedient <laughs> no I can relate to that Vic of like the polite thing where you, like I don't say anything because I don't want to like offend someone or talk over the top of them or mm. yeah I understand that too whereas other people are just comfortable to just like talk without really thinking yeah like they just flow with it yeah yeah, I'd say, yeah, I feel like the two things can kind of be, like, applied somewhat to most situations, like, trying not to put them mm. in the spot if you're expecting them, yeah. like, if you go into it already thinking, like, oh, someone's going to have to do this, like, <laughs> give them the heads Probably. up. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, giving them the option for, like, the medium that they want to share by. Mm-hmm. I, I really like that. Even if it's, like, typing like, in the chat, yeah. if it has to happen live, like, mm. whatever it is. There. Yeah, I really love that. It could be flexible, maybe. Yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you think? <laughs> My first question is, Hannah, would you identify as an extrovert or an introvert? Um, I would say extrovert, but I can be introverted in certain situations because of that polite thing that Victoria was bringing up. Yeah. Well, I think... Uh, anyone that watches Studio Insights knows that you're the number one person that goes at the end of the question. So what I heard you say was, and then you basically have all the dot points of like our responses. Um, mm-hmm. So you're saying I'm like main, most situations, I'm an extrovert, yet you're doing the behavior that's kind of traditionally slotted in with the label of what an introvert is doing mm-hmm. and that they're bringing, they're the best or best at um, summarizing what's been said. So I think what is probably important for me is to literally get rid of the labels and to mm. see each individual as a human that can add value to the process. And it's our mm. role to identify what value, why is that person there in the first place and communicating why you see them as valuable there and also tapping into their motivation to contribute to whatever the outcome is. And I think you have to see all humans at an individual level rather than this spectrum of 
introvert, mm. extrovert, or introvert in these situations, extrovert in these situations. If you're able to just realize it's just easier to go, you're a human being. I need something from you. You're, you have the thing in you to give to me um, and figuring out how to do that. I actually think that's probably like mm. an easier way to deal with anything that might come up. And then I guess what I'd just say is like maybe thinking outside of our world in terms of you're at a dinner party and there's people that you know that you don't know. It's a long table with maybe eight and what is happening in that if you see someone that is like a little bit quiet and not engaged are you engaging them and how do you do that if someone's continuously talking over and is like the loud person with all the stories and like they're the life of the party like how are you handling the situation and like are you are you sensitive to the energies in the room and what's playing out with the dynamics of the humans and maybe just paying attention to situations that are outside of a workshop or a facilitation space where it's mm. a group of people to figure out well how does it play out there how am I when I talk to this kind of friend or this kind of friend or this relationship with this person whether it's the person that you're buying coffee off in the morning versus someone that you meet in the lift versus someone that you have a deeper connection with or a long-term relationship and just paying attention to that and then collecting that to bring it back to okay they're all individual humans now those individual humans are potential strangers or on a spectrum of that but at the end mm. of the day they're a human how can I tap into the outcome that we're both here to deliver on mm. yeah I love that yeah, I like not just seeing it as like introvert, extrovert and that everyone is so different. And it made me think like sometimes like because we were talking about like I think someone said at the meetup they can tell when someone's an introvert, like they can identify right. it. But I'm thinking now like someone might be quiet. Like I could be super quiet in a meeting because I'm like I have no idea what is going on. This is <laughs> yeah. my topic or whatever. But then in another meeting, that's a topic that I'm really passionate about. Like I can be really extroverted. So it does depend on like the situation as well. Mm. So it's more yeah. figuring out, I don't know. I just find it hard to like um, assess each individual when you've got like a meeting of multiple people and like make sure everyone, you do something that gets everyone to <laughs> like that. But feels a bit overwhelming to me. Yeah, and we've talked about this in an episode before um, where it's about getting, it's the planning that you put in to it before mm. it even happens to get the right people in the room. So whether you're doing a kickoff and seeking to understand what's the problem we're trying to solve, whether you're doing a brainstorming one where you're trying to come up with activities and ideas for mm. what a learning solution could be, whether it's um, a meeting to just have a project um, like a project management check-in that happens on a regular basis. It's actually more about who's being invited into the room and being mm. intentional about this is why you're here. Mm, love that. that does That's all that, that actually matters yeah. because then it doesn't matter who's in there. You get the outcomes, I believe. Well, that's, that's the yeah. way I've been operating so that I don't have to deal with personalities, for example, or yeah, like dynamics of humans. Yeah, that's really cool. Thank you, both of you. I'll stop calling you an introvert, Vic. I apologize <laughs> for the label. 
<laughs> Where's my HR department? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we have one, so you're gonna have to. <laughs> um, who would like to go next? I'll let you two choose. Does yours follow on, or is it different? Bit. Mine's different. Okay, you go. <laughs> but mine's different as well. <laughs> um, Kim, my question is for you. So last week we just to give like the listeners some context. And me. Like, <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> but last week we got together as a team because you were trying to we basically had like conflicting priorities, I guess. Like there was a few different things we wanted to pursue, but you were trying to make a decision on like what to put first. Mm-hmm. Um so I guess your first part of well, part of your process for that was like reaching out to Hannah and I <laughs> after a week of torment what? in my own head <laughs> like to get our input and like our opinions I guess on what you think mm-hmm. we should do and then I think you're going to go away and do like a the ease impact matrix thing but I just wanted to check in to see like for other people who might be dealing with conflicting priorities and they're trying to decide like it is just like a their decision thing it's not like uh like client deadlines or things like that it's like I'm choosing to pursue something Mm. what should it be what should I do first like you reached out to us first so I guess getting like advice (laughs) can be one thing but what was your like process for the rest of that and how did you get to your final decision oh god okay well it was a lot longer than that was one snippet but I'm like thinking god I had a lot of stuff going on on Monday Tuesday morning couldn't like I was continuously prioritizing to figure out the problem and then I got to a point where I was stumped and that's when I called you guys in and then that gave me some clarity to move forward and then continue that process solo so I feel like (laughs) what you're describing was my whole week um maybe I saw the blue sky on Friday um so there were I guess I was making a choice between two things that were really important and I wanted them both and they were very close on how important they were like the reward of doing them was very close um and we're capable of achieving them they would have equal impact on the world all of this sort of stuff so they're very close but it was like, we literally do not have the capacity to do the same thing, the both of them at the same time. So we have to either eliminate or pause or adapt the plan. And the thought for me was we could make them work, but it wouldn't be our best work. And then would we want to put that out into the world? Is there a way that we could adapt this or pause something so that both of the things got our best attention our best efforts and our best energy to put the best thing out into the world so that was my first thing and then it was around um okay that is a possibility what does that look like and it's kind of just asking these questions like literally these questions like taking the time to problem solve at each step okay so if we're going to do both of them at um but they can't happen at the same time when can they kind of happen? Like, when do they go live into the world? What's the lead time? What are the hard deadlines around that? And um, they're pretty close to each other as well. And then it's looking at 
okay, if we only have eight days for both things to go out, how much proportionally of our effort are we going to put into each of those and to make it work? Are there any low hanging fruit as the saying goes? So like, are there any quick wins um, that can allow us to get the results? So being very clear on what success was actually for both of them as well, because both of them, it'd be great to have them going. And then if we decide, yes, we're going to do both of them, well, what is success in both of them? Um, and how can we achieve that in the most easy and effective way or the most efficient and effective way? So I started like listening, basically blocked out all noise, sat down with pen and paper and just jotted out all of the ideas of how that might happen and roughly thinking, this is a three-hour task. This is a three-minute task. So figuring it out, how many people are involved in it? Um, are any of them depending on other things? What has gotten us those results in the past? So pulling out basically everything so that I could see everything written down and then uh, deciding which ones are going to get us the impact the easiest way and flotting them all out and then realistically going, okay, we don't have two weeks to do it. We have three days. So what can we get done in those three days? Who has the resources, whether it's time, skills, experience available to do certain things? Um, yeah, that was pretty much it, I think. And then it's kind of like I look at the notes and I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. And I'm like, it just has to pause. Like we just physically can't make it happen. And maybe in the future we'll explore it. Um, but knowing this is all that within our like energy, that's what's available and that's what we can do. And I guess actually looking at if we achieved all those of those things and it was both things were successful or not successful, would I have any regrets that I didn't take responsibility or try my hardest for us to have those things in existence? And that helps kind of prioritize them or help motivate to get it done as well. And kind of probably made me work a little bit harder, like instead of going, oh, like this will take me two hours, I maybe was getting it done in an hour and a half because I was like motivated because I didn't want to have regrets because I don't want to look back and be like, oh, I let us down in that area or I didn't want to have that happening for you guys either. So I was looking at what does that look like so that we've tried everything within our control and influence to make this work and went with that within the time, the resources available to us. And that's what's playing out right now. You want to go deeper on it or? No, I feel like those, like to me, those questions, I couldn't write them all down, but I feel like all the questions you're asking yourself like that is, I feel like that would make people go deeper. Because even just mm. thinking back to when you asked us what we thought, I, like I think I thought of like one reason to go one way, like instead of the other. But mm. like asking, taking the time to ask yourself all of those questions, yeah. you get a lot closer, I guess. Because at the end of our chat, I was just like, oh, yeah, like I think we should do this because of this. And then that's yeah. <laughs> then it's almost like flipping a coin. It's like, oh, like it, either one could work, but like 
we'll do mm. this one <laughs> just off like I don't know I feel yeah, like and, one justification and that's the thing by the time I came to you guys on the Tuesday I'd already spent a day trying to figure this out by asking yeah. questions like that um and it's really interesting I was going to send it to you guys but I'm reading this book at the moment by the school of life um mm. and it's called the simpler life and it was on work. Let me see if I can find, because it was like a couple of pages. Um, oh, God. Okay, let's just like, I'll summarize some of it because it was like, <laughs> I'm just looking at, sorry. Now I'm laughing at what I've seen. Um, okay. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Sorry. It's basically saying that we think that thinking is a waste of time and that it's better to be busy because we can measure busyness. Um, mm -hmm. But that's something of a tragedy because most of what goes wrong in our lives is not due to a failure of raw effort or busyness. We come to grief not because we haven't rushed around enough or put in a sufficient number of hours at the coalface, but because there has somewhere along the way been a shortfall in thinking. We do not allow ourselves the requisite number of hours in which we might, to a critical outside eye, look as if we are doing nothing, gazing out of the window, following a trail of clouds across the evening, blah, blah, blah. It basically says create the space to think. Um, and it is precisely during these apparently empty hours of reflection that life's real work unfolds. Um, thinking is unfortunately extremely painful Far more so this, I was actually reading it and thinking this was a really beautiful um, reflection of how we work as a team and the effort that we put into our decisions and the things that we like, the, the, the level of depth and thought and intention that we put into every bit of task that we do. So you guys can listen from this perspective. Um, thinking is, is unfortunately extremely painful far more so even than getting up early to catch a train or scheduling yet more meetings into an already packed day. It requires immense bravery to ask ourselves difficult questions about our intentions and goals, including those concerning our work life. To wonder, for example, what are we truly trying to do with our colleagues or whom a given product or service might actually be of use to? Most businesses and work schemes fail, not because people have been physically lazy, but because they have omitted to pass their plans through the robust sieve of their own intelligence. Eventually, all ideas will be judged by reality. What thinking allows us to do is anticipate problems before they have grown too large and too costly. By sitting in bed for an extra hour with a pen and paper, we can stress test our plans long before they make fateful contact with an impatient and highly competitive world. Um, let me just see if there's, there was another thing, actually. Good thinking requires us to put ourselves on both sides of an argument. I think we do this really well. Considering the contra case as imaginatively and creatively as we do the pro. Um, basically, it's talking about be human-centered. Um, mm -hmm. Here, if we are thinking constructively, then along the way, we'll have to do something else that feels uncomfortable, put ourselves in the shoes of others. We tend not to notice the unfortunate degree of which we instinctively support that others must really be like us. 
and will therefore share our enthusiasms and loves. Yet many disasters in the world of work might be avoided if people were to reflect honestly and profoundly on how an audience other than themselves might feel about a service or product. Um, I think I'll just finish now, <laughs> but with this last paragraph. Mm -hmm. A thinking culture is not one without achievement. It is one that properly understands the role played by good thinking in the delivery of good doing. And I thought that was really cool. And I think that's something that we do really, really well. And mm -hmm. I think that that level of questioning means that although it took me a whole day to get to a point when you brought up those two perspectives, which were both of you were con like conflicting each other with your perspective, I then had the clarity to then just go, this is the answer. Let's move forward with it. And I think it's those questions that are like, what is it costing us to not do this? What would it cost us to fatigue us and try and do low quality at the same time? What would it cost us to do both of them really good? What would it look like if we just didn't do either of them? What would it look like if we did one and not the other and vice versa, if we did that one and not this one? What would it cost mm -hmm. us to pause it for now and focus on something completely different? What if we didn't do it today, but we did it in a year's time or five years time? Or should we start it today because in five years time we'll be much happier or it will give us the greater reward? Um, why is it not currently working? What's the easiest way to launch it? So I think it's this level of problem solving and critical thinking that allows us to, when we do things, we do them exceptionally well. And that's why I think when if we scale it back to or rein it back into um, like the solutions that we create for, a, for our clients through our process is that it works every single time and it's an easy project every single time that gets yeses continuously and celebrations and every time we look back on the work we're really proud is because that level of thinking goes into every single action that we take as a team or the decisions that we make as a team. Mm. I love that. I feel like what you were reading was is like the perfect explanation of it all. Like the thinking is mm. the hardest part. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And the evidence of that is whenever Kim is away. <laughs> I'm like, oh God, we have to make a decision. <laughs> what a terrible thing to have to happen. <laughs> or he's like exhausted at the end of the day because we have to think. <laughs> sleep for a week. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the most difficult thing, but it deserves the most. Like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it is so most easy. Sense. As soon as we've made a decision, it's like, oh, we need to do that. We need to do that. We need to do that. But it's like getting to that point is so hard. <laughs> Can be so hard. And I, um, I think my, I'm just like paying attention to now, reflecting on that, but also when is it that I need to pause and think? And I think I get overwhelmed. And I, that, I personally, I become paralyzed and can't take action. And actually, that's why I said to you girls, I need help. I felt paralyzed in that moment. I'd done the thinking and I was ready to like plan and schedule. And then I was like, I can't, I don't know. I don't even know the first, I can't put a number one next to all the items that I've identified for myself. Like, actually, this is really like important to just show and sorry for the people that are uh, like listening 
But if I, is this it? Yeah, this is one of, this is that, just look at those scribbles what? and also look oh. at these scribbles. Sorry, I've got to find it because there's a lot of scribbles in this one. Um, there again, those scribbles, like that's all the thinking just to decide on that thing that you're talking about now. Like it was continuously thinking, scratch them out, I've achieved that. And then you'll see where I have like, I got to a point when I talked to you girls where I got overwhelmed and the red is like Kim needs to action, their numbers. I couldn't put a number to figure out which one should I start on for all the actions because I was like too overwhelmed. So that's when I go, more thinking needs to happen. There, I'm lacking clarity right now. And that's where I reached out mm -hmm. to you girls. So yeah, that's it. Well, thank you for sharing. <laughs> that was good. Do you want to ask your question, Kim? Sure. I like forgot about it. <laughs> um, uh, my question was for you, Hannah. Like, because you know how you're doing the masterclass, mm. you're learning for entertainment and education purposes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the have you learned a new one since the David Carson one? Have you done a new one? Um, yes, I did the advertising one last Oh, week. that's right. You spoke about that. Okay, yeah. I was going to yeah. get a, You've already shared your learnings on that. Okay, well, then I will tap into the second side of it is that I imagine is highly entertaining, these masterclass mm -hmm. videos. What mm -hmm. are they doing that is entertaining through the education process? Um... They're showing a lot of examples, like people who are on there are showing examples of their best work. Mm -hmm. So for example, the advertising one, like they basically take you through like how they came up with the idea for the ad, where the idea came from, how they built it into what it is. And then you like see what the end product is. Mm -hmm. So it's cool. Like, like I love seeing like the visual output of what someone creates because it gives me inspiration for what I do. Um, I think just like the way that the people speak or they're interviewed, like it's very like casual and a lot of people on there have like quirky or like there's lots of different personalities and they have their own like little jokes and like funny sayings and things like that. So you're sort of watching someone that inspires you because they're the best at what they do. Mm. And it's like interesting to watch them and how they operate as a human. Um, I think it's entertaining because there's they put in like breaks within the learning where you do something yourself so um, there was one I was watching like a personal branding one with Kris Jenner mm. and she was talking about like to figure out what your personal brand is to create a vision board of what you want your life to look like and how you want to be perceived by the world. Mm. And so she sort of like took you through step by step, like how to create the vision board and like showed the ones like her, like Kim and Chloe had all like created vision boards as well to help with their branding. 
And so it's like a fun thing that you get to do at the same the same time. So it like engages you. Mm. Um, honestly, just think it's really well produced. So it's like watching a Netflix show. Like it's almost like watching like a documentary on Netflix or mm. rather than I mean, just like reading text or doing like a boring e-learning. It's quite like not like ours definitely isn't boring, but not like the click next. <laughs> read that well text. <laughs> that makes me think about how like we do our like the showing examples of our best work like i reckon with our human-centered design cohort and stuff like we mm. don't do that very well to communicate mm. like when people do the cohorts they are describing it as life-changing and now i have all the tools that i need and i have clarity on my process and every single time it gets phenomenal feedback but i mm. think in terms of people looking at that i don't think that's something we do very well and we do talk about with our solutions how can we help people taste with their eyes but it's like how can we show the things that we're creating or that our human centered design cohort allows people to create yeah for their clients so that they are seeing oh i want to do that mm. kind of solution i want to solve a problem in that kind of way i think that's something yeah we definitely need to explore as a team on how we communicate that better yeah, definitely. Because when I think about like the things that I share with you guys about the masterclass lessons, I do a lot of it is like the stories. Like I'd shared like with the advertising one, Kim, like that skateboarding ad, mm. um, the car ad where there was no actual cars. Like it was all about yeah. like stories and the work that they'd done. And then like the negotiation one with Chris Voss like a lot of it was around like the hostage situation and like how he was speaking to this hostage. Like that's the stuff I remember. Yeah. Cause they're like significant situations or projects they've worked on Yeah, that impress me. So it's like yeah. stuck in my mind. Yeah. And we have that on our YouTube stuff, but maybe it's not as mm. clear of like, you can learn this. And I'm even thinking like I had a client meeting last night where they it's like we want we need to see something I think in an exchange and we need to see it with our eyes to value mm. what it is that we're getting like it's like a tangible oh okay I can see the quality of that and that's what mm. I want and I can see and compare it to other things that I yeah. am able to relate to because last night when I was doing the client meeting um and i showed them some of the work that we're doing for the cyber stuff that we've done recently um and like showing them the the kits and the uh what else is in there the posters and stuff that's when we got like amazing feedback and they're they mm -hmm. they were like oh my god like our templates are nothing on that they were like you're gonna really like maybe we should actually look at revamping our whole template suite so that mm. and style guide so that people are already starting at that benchmark and not trying to work mm. within it but it wasn't until I showed them our work that they differentiated us from other 
um, solutions that are being created or other vendors that are available in the, way, in the place. Yeah. yeah, 100% agree. Well, yeah, I don't think that Chris Voss one, I don't think, like it was good and I learned a lot, but he mm. sort of um, showed that he was worth my time and worth listening to by seeing his actual negotiations in real life. Yeah. I was like, wow, like he's actually so good. Like this is a real life situation how crazy that he did that. And then I was like more inclined to hear his advice after mm. rather than him just being like, do this, do that, do this, but not seeing yeah. any evidence of how it actually adds value. So yeah. I think and definitely the advertising one, I probably wouldn't have been as into it if I didn't see like the actual ads that they, they'd produced and how cool yeah. they were. Like watching it as a viewer, I was like, wow, like yeah. they do actually come up with amazing stuff. So it's worth yeah. listening. That's cool. Good question. Thank you. Oh, good. Brilliant episode, team. Yeah, that was really good. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Don't forget to check out the links in the description. Check out the Creator Hub for advanced instructional design training, and we will see you in a future episode. What's up, awesome human? Thank you, thank you, thank you on behalf of myself and the Bell Vista Studios team for continuously choosing to learn with us. We really appreciate it. If the tips and the insights and the context resonate with you and you want to take your skills to the next level or you want to make your life way easier, you will love our Creator Hub. The Creator Hub is a place for people like you and us. Basically, it's the stuff that we use internally at Bell Vista Studios and then we just share it publicly with you. The Creator Hub is created by instructional designers for instructional designers. And what you'll love there at the moment is we've got a quiz could I be a better instructional designer that has so much tips in the feedback if you're interested in human-centered design or just taking your skills to the next level in terms of the solutions you're creating and the problems you want to solve. But in there as well, aren't we cute? That's us. Um, but we've got the coaching courses, freebies, give us gratitude, and also we've got some templates. And basically they're always around the lens of learning experience design, instructional design, and e-learning. So a human-centered design focus is very much what we're about at Bell Vista Studio. So putting your learners at the heart of a solution and creating something for their needs. So there's the human-centered design stuff, and then we've also got the business stuff. So this is the stuff they don't teach you about when you want to become a freelancer or a consultant in the instructional design world. So go check it out. The link is in the description. You can check out everything that is available for you. Thank you for choosing to learn with us. Continuously invest in your skills. You will be rewarded as an instructional designer. Share this stuff, share it with other people because when we are better instructional designers, we create better solutions that create better humans that create a better world. So we have a very important role and I'm excited to be on this journey with you. Have an awesome day.